0: Now, fight back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon. How did you like our new theme music? Well, tonight is the night. The Ontario Liberal Party will be raking in big bucks. It's the annual Heritage Dinner with the most expensive corporate tables costing $18,000. The biggest donors getting into the special VIP reception with the most powerful cabinet ministers... The evening is expected to bring in around $3 million. So does that cash buy access and influence? I want to know what you think. The numbers is 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, I encourage you to start calling now to make sure you get in. Uh, This event comes a day after the Premier promised to reform political fundraising rules in the province. And that promise came in the wake of revelations in the Toronto Star that Cabinet ministers here get secret fundraising targets of up to $500,000 a year. On the line from Kingston, former Attorney General John Gerritsen, now a lawyer, he was in that portfolio for the Liberals until 2014, and he says he was deeply troubled by this system, which cl- creates a conflict of interest. Mr. Garrettson, thank you for joining us.
2: Well, good afternoon, Libby.
1: Well, uh, I gather that you were troubled by this system when you were in the post. Well, uh, you know...
2: Let's just back up a little. Sure. I mean, uh, political parties uh, have to raise money in order to run elections, and to run an effective election in Ontario probably costs somewhere between five to ten million dollars for each party. So each party is involved in fundraising. Uh, Having said that, I think it's fair to say that any governing party, which have been the Liberals for the last 12 years and the Harris government uh, before that, for six or seven years and the NDP before that is always able to raise money a little bit easier because they've got the people in cabinet that basically uh, make up the rules and regulations by which uh, different uh, organizations and by which we function on a day-to-day basis within the provincial sphere. So the, the real issue is whether or not campaigns should be funded from private sources, personal donations, donations from organizations from companies from uh, or whether it should be funded to a much larger extent from the public purse and i think that was so uh, in, in the case of the federal government for a long period of time when kretschmer brought in the subsidy so that each candidate in in running an election basically got 50% of every dollar that they raised from the government so that it wasn't necessary to raise as much money privately in order to run campaigns um, Stephen harper did away with that and we really need a system like that in ontario if we truly want to get the private money whether it comes from companies from unions from individuals from construction associations or whatever if we want to get that money out of the system so that uh, those kind of donations aren't going to influence the development of public policy we have to go to some sort of a system whereby the public purse picks up a lot uh, more of the money that's required to run election campaigns for all parties.
1: Uh, yes, uh, that seems to be fairly clear. Um, did you have a fundraising target when you well, were Attorney General?
2: Yeah, I, well, uh, I was Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing for yes. four years before that in environment Uh, For three or four years before that, and I was only Attorney General for about two and a half years. I think when I was first elected in 2003, the suggestion was made that because I was Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing, I should be able to raise about twenty thousand dollars per year uh, for the party. And later on, that may have been increased to fifty. Now, let me tell you, it was well known within government that I hated raising money, so they never kind of put the the party system never kind of put the big push on me to raise as much money as possible. I would have two or three fundraisers in Toronto for that per year, and the party could keep that money to run the central campaign every four years whenever an election took place. Now, I guess what's happened from just reading the media reports that you uh, have access to as well, is that, that the amount of money that a cabinet minister is expected to raise through fundraising efforts has increased dramatically. I think my last Target was probably close to fifty thousand dollars, and quite frankly, I don't know whether I ever reached my target each and every year. Uh, my own political staffers basically arranged for the fundraisers. I attended them, uh, spoke to individuals uh, that were there, and they may have been from organizations, and they may have been private individuals. They may have been from construction groups or um, you know. I was going to say, if your target
1: was fifty thousand, while well, you were municipal affairs minister with all those developers, you got off pretty easy. Uh, Well, yes.
2: uh, Well, that's true. Uh, uh, Look, uh, it's totally different from raising money in your own local riding, like a riding like Kingston, when basically the people that want to support you during election campaign are people that you've known for a long period of time or people that are... Uh, long-standing party members or the little old lady down the street that wants to, uh, you know, they donate 100 or $200. Those are people that are really committed to you as an individual or to your party. The fundraisers that are held in Toronto, quite frankly, I would say probably about 80 to 90% of the people that will be attending tonight and will be attending for any fundraising activities for the Conservative Party or for the New Democrats are basically lobbyists. And tonight they're at this fund fundraising function. Tomorrow they may be at the Tory fundraising function and the next day at the NDP fundraising fun- function.
1: But, but uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, it certainly looks like a conflict of interest when lobbyists pay big bucks to go to these functions where they will have access to people in power.
2: Yeah, now, I don't think there's too much business obviously talked about at these kind of dinners. Because basically, you know, it's a glad-handing event and the premier makes a speech and a number of other people. But there's no question about it that it gives the appearance that people will have greater access if you give money to a particular party or a particular ministry that your organization may have some involvement with. And even though that may not be so in real life, I mean, it's never been suggested to me that you know, if you give us X number of dollars, you can have access to me or anything like that. That was never the suggestion. But we're all human beings, and if you know that a particular organization that uh, has uh, over which your ministry has some sort of a role, by way of regulatory practices or or by contract that can be let out or whatever, you know. The, 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 you're going to be affected by that. It's human nature to maybe listen to their argument a little bit more than somebody else. And anybody that denies that I don't think is living in a real world. I used to say at Queen's Park, both within Cabinet and within, um, uh, within our caucus meetings, we've got to take the money out of politics. And people would just roll their eyes and basically say, well, here he goes again. Now, having said that, money has always been part of the political system because basically you need money to run campaigns, and that money has to come from somewhere. And if it doesn't come from the private sector, if we don't like that system, and it looks like as if the premier is going to make some changes to that, then basically the public system, the public purse, has to subsidize the money that's being raised privately so you don't have to raise as much privately.
1: Okay, John, let me just give out the numbers again. Right. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation here. They are 416 or toll-free 866 740 And I'm asking you whether you think that big corporate donors have undue influence, undue access with the people in power in Ontario. They're having their big fundraising dinner tonight. Uh, $18,000 a table for the most expensive tables? Um, What does that buy you? And uh, also this comes on the heels of revelations that cabinet ministers have fundraising targets uh, of up to half a million dollars. I'm on the line with John Gerritsen, former municipal affairs minister, former attorney general who uh, didn't like this fundraising when he was in power. Uh, Mr. Gerritsen, do you think that these changes will be enough? To clean up the system or to appear to clean up the system?
2: Well, I don't know what the changes are, quite frankly.
1: Neither do any of us.
2: But there has to be... Well, first of all, there have been a number of changes that have been made over the last uh, 20 or 30 years, let's be honest about it. The amount that an individual can donate now to a party or to a particular candidate in an election campaign has been much reduced. At one time, it was totally unlimited. In some jurisdictions... Uh, corporate donations and union donations have been banned but of course there's always a way around that in other words your company doesn't give the money but the owner of the company may give money you know so um, the only way to really deal with this issue effectively in the long run is to have the public purse have the government basically subsidize election campaigns for all parties now what that formula looks like or what it will be, and should it be on an equal basis between all three parties, those are the kind of decisions that have to be made uh, in in order to come up with a new rule and regulation. Uh, but if that isn't done, there's always going to be private money in, uh, you know, to, to, to run the party machinery. I mean, it costs money to run successful elections, and I think it's fair to say that usually the party that spends the most money is more than likely to be the most successful uh, at an election campaign because they can get their message out so much more than the other parties.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, before we take a break, uh, just one point, one of the reasons that Donald Trump is so popular in the States is that he keeps saying that he is going to self-fund his campaign. He's not going to be beheld in to anyone. So again, uh, we want to know what you think. We're going to be...
2: uh, I've got my own opinion about Donald Trump, but I won't get into that.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm sure a lot of people do. If you are rich the
2: way he is, he doesn't need anybody else's money. Now, the other question then becomes, should only rich people be able to run for election campaigns? I don't think we want that to happen either. But he's probably just uh the way i understand it he's not fundraising the way the other candidates do because he's got more than enough money himself and i guess the american rules currently allow that to happen uh i wouldn't be in favor of that because if that were to happen my gosh then only people that have enough money uh, to outspend somebody else would be able to basically run for election. So, uh, uh,
1: Absolutely. We're going to take all of this up after the break. The numbers before we go, 416 360 or toll-free
0: 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. We are talking about whether big corporate donors have undue access, undue influence by the donations they make to political parties, especially those in power. Uh, this comes as the Liberals prepare for their big fundraising dinner tonight that's expected to bring in 3 million bucks. It comes after revelations that cabinet ministers get fundraising targets of up to Half a million dollars. Uh, the numbers, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm on the line with former Attorney General, former Municipal Affairs Minister John Gerritsen. And we are going to bring in as well, Randy Rahamim, who is a principal at Navigator, which is a strategic communications firm. Hi, Randy. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, Randy, you have the kind of corporate clients who would be making those donations, what would they be expecting in, in return for that?
3: Well, I think that you know, when, when, when companies or individuals participate or donate to a political party, that they, they view it as participating in the political process. So I think as long as they're following the rules and the rules as they currently exist, they're doing nothing wrong. We have a process. Uh, governments need to raise funds in order to run campaigns. Campaigns, and uh, unless we're planning on banning that outrightly, um, that will con- continue. What I think is interesting, and what we've seen over the past couple of days, what I think is most interesting, is um, you know how Kathleen Wynne basically came out after a Toronto Star report one day later, and attempted to cauterize some of this negative attention about uh, about um, her government's uh, about the policies in the province of Ontario for fundraising. But I don't think that she's quite honestly gone far enough. There's nothing stopping the Liberal Party from saying, you know what, we take this seriously, we think there are real problems, though we've launched a review, we can certainly implement some changes right away, here's what they are. They don't need legislation in place to change that. They could lead by example. And I know that Wynne ran her campaign and went to great lengths to distinguish herself from the Liberal establishment to say that she's different from Dalton McGuinty, that she can't account for what ha- what has happened in the past, that she's a fresh apo- she brings a fresh approach to Ontario politics. I wonder if this issue ha- impacts her brand, or if people just naturally view politics as sort of yeah, this happens, this kind of you know fundraising and money issues. This this runs across all parties. This is not attaching to her in any way. I think it's too early to tell.
1: Well, just let's let's ask uh, John Gerritsen. Uh, I know, weren't you disturbed that? Kathleen, you you expressed your displeasure with this to Kathleen Wynne. Uh, Are are you surprised that she didn't move on this sooner?
2: In all honesty, I was asked by the Toronto Star, uh, was I surprised that Kathleen Wynne hadn't done anything about it? And I said, yeah, and I suppose there are many other issues to deal with currently, and I'm sure she will in in due course. And I think the way it came out in the paper, it was just slightly stronger than that. Look, the reality is, number one, most cabinet ministers that I knew during my 12 years absolutely – Hated the fundraising part. I mean, they, we really and honestly did. We'd much rather be involved in policy discussions, in dealing with people's issues, say in our constituency offices, in our our, our own local writings, uh, and just doing a little bit of local fundraising that's required. As already to have enough money every four years to run your own uh, local campaign, uh, mo- so most cabinet ministers really were not all that interested in fundraising. But the reality is, in order for parties to have enough money to Uh, to uh, to have these campaigns every four years or so You need to raise somewhere between five to ten million dollars in order to do so effectively across the province. And if there aren't any subsidy rules in effect, and there are some at the at the local level, and I've forgotten exactly what the rules are, but I know that when you spend X number of dollars, let's say a hundred thousand dollars on a local campaign, you get a subsidy back. I believe it's somewhere like ten or fifteen thousand dollars from the government, and and that's available for all candidates of all parties that get a certain vote in a in, in an election campaign. Uh, so there's nothing. What's really happening? I, I guess the the disturbing part to most people may be the fact that ministers are giving targets, and quite frankly, I've been surprised at how those targets have really dramatically increased over the last four to five years. That's that's the surprise to me. Uh, and it, but I'm is absolutely. Is it worth
3: asking the question though as well that if 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 the decision about whether or not somebody can fundraise well is factoring in or being contemplated when you choose your cabinet.
2: Uh, you have to ask the people that you chose the cabinets in that regard. Uh, uh, I, that it, would be it, troubling,
3: right? Like that would be very troubling if if we're choosing who our ministers are based on how well, well they
1: fundraise. We're I'm not choosing who uh, our ministers are, no, are, no, are we?
3: No, but I'm I
1: think it's the
2: quite frankly, that go into that. You know, uh, geography goes into that. Uh, how long the person has been at Queens Park, uh, what kind of qualities that they've shown when they were in opposition, uh, what kind of uh, experience they bring from the private sector. Uh, I think probably choosing a cabinet for a a prime minister or a premier is probably the toughest job. Do, do the, Does the fact that maybe some people are better fundraisers than others factor into this? You'd have to ask Harris, McGinty, Wynne, and all the people that went before them. I don't know that.
1: I just have a, a question for Randy here. And, and again, you know, if somebody is paying big bucks, A a corporate client, aren't they thinking, well, I'm going to get into that VIP reception that doesn't have that many people, or I'm going to go to a small fundraiser at someone's home, and I'm going to have a chance to bend this cabinet minister's ear, a chance that regular people don't have. I mean, surely that's a natural expectation.
2: And I think you're 100% correct in that. Now, I also think it's fair to say that all members of the provincial parliament, including cabinet ministers, have constituency offices in their own writings, and anybody that wants to see them there, if they are a good member and care about their community, you know, they can have an opportunity to see them there about local issues or even about, um, you know, issues that maybe their own businesses are involved in, etc. So, I you know, I honestly don't think that the question of access to members of provincial parliament is a major issue? Because the people that don't provide access aren't re-elected the next time around. Randy?
3: <laughs> I would agree. I think that access is, 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 Libby, is exactly
2: what people are trying to do.
3: They they are participating in the democratic process that they want to have access to a particular member of parliament or minister, and so they, they buy these tickets, thinking that at least they'll get to make their case or talk about an issue that's important to them. I don't have a problem with that, per se. I think that, and I, and I suspect that that will continue to some degree, um, I, where I think, that, um, I think that the issue is really centered on optics, and the optics around that access. Does that access influence in such a way that it's actually changing policy? And is it changing policy because it's, you've made your case and it's a good issue, or is it changing policy because you've, you've funded a campaign? Well,
1: yeah, and, but if you fund a campaign, say, and you're a developer, I mean, you know
3: and that's why you're seeing an increasing number especially at the municipal level you're seeing an increasing number of of uh... uh, politicians refusing uh, donations from certain people right and they have that ability to refuse those donations to say you know what we just can't accept it from this group or i have a lot of development going on in my riding so i'm going to avoid taking taking donations from developers As i don't want to be perceived because it's all about perception i don't want to be perceived as being influenced in any particular way
2: there is (laughs) another thing you've got to keep in mind as well is that any money that's raised over and above uh, the amount that's required in a particular election campaign, okay, does not go to the individual candidate or member. It either stays with the local writing association, or in some cases, even has to be paid to the province. If, if I believe at the municipal level, level if you raise more money than you require, than you need to run an election campaign. I believe, and I may be wrong in this, but I believe that that money has to be turned over to the municipality. So there are some um, some guidelines in place. Uh, and some new rules and regulations that didn't used to be there. When I first ran for mayor 30 years ago, it was wild, uh, you know, wide open. There were, there were no rules at all. You got your money wherever it came from, and you spend it on an election campaign, and if there was money left over, you put it in your own pocket, and if there wasn't money left over, you paid out of your own pocket. If you, yeah, you and there, and there
3: has been movement in the right direction, but still for leadership campaigns, there's no limit. There's exactly. no limits in place, and that's, that's a big problem.
1: Final yep. question. Uh, so, is this too little, too late? Because as Kathleen Wynne has even said, the new rules, whatever they are, won't necessarily be even in place for the next election very well, quickly. Why don't
2: we just wait and see what those rules look like when they come forward. I think it's a move in the right direction. Uh, I think even if there is not real influence exhibited. There's the perception that some people, because of the amount of money that they give to a particular uh, candidate or party, et cetera, that they will have greater access. And it's as much a perception problem as a real problem. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, most politicians would love to have all money taken out of politics completely. And, of course, you know, that may not be the real world that we live in, but that's the... uh, that's a position that I've always took.
1: But. Okay, I have to wrap things up. Thank you so much, John Gerritsen, former Attorney General, former Municipal Affairs Minister, and Randy Rahamim, Principal at Navigator.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.